What's really going on, everybody? We are back with another episode, number 68. Before we get into the news, be sure to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and Twitter at WRGOPod. Be sure to also subscribe and listen on YouTube, where you can watch all of our videos in full. Be sure to also subscribe, like, share, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Finally, be sure to check out our website, what's really going on, pod.com. And at this point, I will let uh, Henry kind of tease what we have dropping soon. <laughs> nah, you know what I'm saying? You know, we always do Black History Month merch, um, being that we kind of believe in Black history should be celebrated throughout the whole year. We always drop our merch at the end of Black History Month. Uh, so that being the case, we've reconstructed and reconfigured uh, designed to kind of promote change agents, um, highlighting Stacey Abrams, um, Warnock, and of course the groundwork of all of that John Lewis. Uh, so check that out. All of that will be on the website, what's really going on.com. So yeah. Slash shop. And last time I checked, we started off with the t-shirts already on sale. So be sure to cop that. We are being very yeah, they on pre-sale, so you can you can cut. They on pre-sale. Boom. So of course that is Henry. I am Noah being joined by, as always, Mackenzie, who is looking ever so present in on my in the third box of our screen right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news with some food for thought. I had to add some. Had to add some comment to this. All right. So minimum wage. So I think uh, recently this week, uh, President Biden. Uh, he made $15 an hour minimum wage part of his $1.9 trillion economic slash COVID relief plan. Uh, it was included in the version that narrowly passed the House last week. Uh, the Senate parliamentarian in kind of a weird rules order, he said that Biden could not include it without getting 60 votes. As of now, Biden plans on passing his COVID relief with just 50. Some have pressured Vice President Harris, who is the president of the Senate, to overturn the ruling or even fire the Senate parliamentarian and put someone in place who would uh, vote or who would rule that $15 an hour minimum wage can be included in the bill. Progressive members of Congress are upset that the Biden administration is not fighting to raise the minimum wage now. Pramila Jayapal, a progressive member from Seattle said, nobody's gonna be interested in procedural reasons of why we can't deliver. Uh, my question, since this is food for thought, should Biden make raising the minimum wage a top priority? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like people are struggling before. Like, I don't understand, especially in major cities such as DC, Atlanta, New York, San Francisco. Gentrification is a big thing. The cities continue to like, uh, the cost of living continues to rise, but you know, men like paying wages don't. For instance, that's why like I stayed in DC all those years because coming to Georgia, the salaries were like, like you slant, like what? <laughs> My degree costs more than like what? You know what I'm saying? Because the way, like this is, I know the cost of living is cheaper and that does kind of, you know, sometimes balance out, but no, like the, I think the minimum wage here is like seven, maybe $8. That's crazy. Like, the current, minimum, the, current, the current minimum wage is $7.25, the federal. Right, something like that. So, like, for me, is how are you living off of that? Especially, let's, I'm thinking about maybe someone in my age group, 25, 26, who has kid, a kid, a kid, and 
they may be a single parent or even if both of the you know people and let's say they didn't go to college so they're definitely making like minimum wage or within that like a little bit within that and apartments a nice apartment in a safe area is anywhere between like 13 dollars for a two bedroom so it's like how are you comfortably paying for this without struggling from check to check so $15 may not even be enough, honestly, in big cities such as New York or DC, because like it, it's expensive, especially to live in a safe area or an area that, you know, you won't be bothered by caring, <laughs> you know? So that's just how I feel about it. I, I definitely think it needs to be a priority. It should have already been done. I, yeah. Mackenzie? Um, yeah, I've, I somewhat agree with Henry. You weren't completing sentences. So I'm just like, but I got what you, I got what you were saying. Um, you were, you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, anyways, um, <laughs> what you were saying was fair though. Like $15 an hour, 40 hours a week times 52 weeks a year 31, is like $31,000. That's terrible. That's yeah. That's terrible. Um, and like $15, $15 is still not enough. So yeah, it should be a priority. This is another we- This is another way that Biden can really show us that Democrats yeah. are actually working for the people and not just for their own self-interest, I feel, because like they've been fighting for $15 minimum wage for so long that it's, it's not even relevant anymore. Like it yeah. needs to be like $20 an hour. So it just, I mean, yeah, it definitely needs to be a top priority. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think my thing is that um, like to even like to expand on Henry's point, I mean, if you're making $15 an hour and you're working 40 hours a week, it's not even that that's not enough in like places like New York or DC or Atlanta. That's not enough anywhere. Like you could, yeah. like if you live in Michigan or if you live in like basically anywhere and you make $31,000 a week, you're one missing paycheck or one injury away from like a real financial crisis. And I think that's the way that people need to talk about it. Of like, if you do actually make this wage and if something happens to you, if you get sick, if you get COVID and you can't work for a week, even two, what happens? So you you basically don't have any gap. You don't have any room for air ever. Um, and that's all before taxes. So after taxes, you take 31000 away, what are you left with? Barely anything. So uh, I think, it, yeah, what are you going to say? No, nah, I'm just agreeing. Like, it's crazy how the government, like, they live comfortable. They're not worried about this stuff. So like, for you, especially, that's why, like, the Democratic Party is so laughable. And then Biden, I'm kind of over them because it's, like, this, from the stimulus check to COVID aid to a lot of stuff, it's just, like, it was all this talk. But, like, what's going on, bro? Help yeah, I people. mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's my thing is that, and even what makes it worse is that it's not even, like, if they put it in the bill, it would pass and $15 hour minimum wage would be, like, the thing now. It would be phased in until, like, 2025. So, yeah, like, you're taking your sweet-ass time to do it later when it's, like, okay. And I think people don't actually, like, really talk about enough. Like, okay, if you are making 15 you still don't have enough. But what if you are making the federal minimum wage, which is $7? What are you even doing with that? Nothing. Then you have to work multiple jobs. Like, what's the actual 
what do you actually have to structurally do if you do make that? And sell drugs. I mean, you. I mean, I'm. There has to be like a study that ties the two together, like to make it. Well, not selling drugs. Let me not say that. But to make it, you have to do what you have to do, and it's just like. I mean, and I think to even it's even deeper where it's like it's it cannot even be a thing of like, oh, well, this is just someone who doesn't have like education. You can do everything right, yeah, and still do that. Like you can go, you can. You can do great in high school and then you can get to try to apply to college and you realize I don't have the money to even do this. Yeah. So then not, what do I do? Talk about going to college and not finding a job and getting offered minimum wage. I know a few people yeah. school with. Like, and that's a that's another thing of the narrative that needs to change. Like this idea that is really just only people and it's not this is not to put a hierarchy of who works where, but like this isn't just secluded to people who work at fast food restaurants mm-hmm. or you know, like it's it's a greater, it's a bigger thing. Overall. Yeah, yeah. Because they they're like they're, they're like we we've been in the working industry for what five a good five solid five years now. We could, I can say that. Um. So with that being the case, it's like some of the like jobs you see in the salary is like what? And then yeah. they want you to have this a master's degree and yeah. this, this, this. It's yeah. like I mean, it's ridiculous. First, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, my yeah. first job, I made thirty five thousand, and that was like looking back, I don't know, like how I did that. <laughs> I, mean, it, it, like, I see your face because boy. <laughs> but then, but the only way you were able to do that, I'm assuming not to get in your business or mm-hmm. put your business out there is that you have family members that if something did happen. Right. Or, I had to have, a, yeah, I, right. I had a safety. You had that net. Yeah. People don't have People that. People don't have that. And I think, Therefore yeah. you have to, the things to make ends meet. So, it's right. like, so, I mean, I actually, at least getting back to like, the likelihood of it it doesn't seem like it's going to happen but i actually hope that at least progressive members of congress at least hold their feet to the fire as like you're kind of screwing people on this by at least not having the fight because what like if i think they just say like oh it's not going to pass so let's not include it anyway i'd rather you literally do it and then now i know who doesn't support it and then you go after that person like try to do something because yeah this ain't it yeah. It's Americans are really struggling, right? But so moving, so moving on more on the Biden front. This has to do with his ambition vaccine rollout on Tuesday. Biden announced that the U.S. will have enough vaccine in terms of supply for every adult by the end of May. He also announced that he would direct states to prioritize teachers in their vac- in their vaccine plans, reemphasizing a commitment to returning students. Um, some interesting facts that I found. Since Biden has uh, taken office under January 20, this is where kind of COVID has gone. It's actually gotten a lot better, but I don't really think we talk about it like that. Um, I'm going to say the number of cases that hospitalizations and deaths that were on January 20th to today, cases have gone down from 189,000, that was on January 20th, to 54,000 when I checked on Tuesday. Hospitalizations are down from 122,000 to 46,000, and deaths are down from 4,400 to 18, still not good, but clearly a lot better than where we have been. Um, is Biden delivering on his big promise? Because I think this is kind of what he was talking about the most when he got in, after he got in office, he talked about kind of like, I'm going to go back and I'm actually going to address COVID. So like, 
Um, yeah. So like, I think, so he just announced this week that, um, by May, the end of May, every adult American will have, there will be enough vaccines for every adult American in the country. That's a major, like, that's a major, major moment. However, however, I don't think that there has been enough talk. And that's why so many layers to this, because it's like, yeah, there's enough vaccines available, but then you have to wait in line like all day to get it. That's another we thing. Just, well, we you, just don't know the pro. Like, I don't know the process of me the process. And like New York, you're just seeing lines all around mm-hmm. the building. So then this goes back into the minimum wage conversation that we were talking about. So you have to get vaccinated to go to work, but then you can't really miss work to stand in line all day to get the vaccine. So now what are we really talking about? What do you do? About? So, then, I mean, yeah. Point, though, it, I mean, I, this is going to kind of play to it. Y'all know how I feel about the vaccine, so that's why I've been quiet. But, um, you still like, on that? Oh, Jesus. Okay, we're going to move forward. Free yourself, my brother. We're going to move yes, on. We move okay, we're going to, this isn't like throw tomatoes in a Henry moment. I'm trying to like make a point. Yeah, Mackenzie going to be outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you must. I know, you in Atlanta, you're going to be outside. Get, get, get to the point. <laughs> the I'm trying, but y'all, y'all distracting me, not me. Point is, to McKenzie was saying like wages and having access to the vaccine essentially. One, how they're setting it up, like, you, like McKenzie was talking the other day, like calling CVS and thinking you could just, hey, can I schedule an appointment? Get back? No, it's not that easy. And to, then like, like having again access. Who like older people probably would have to like get it done first, and then like the process and just like shelling that out and getting it done because i would say like people like us we're 20 i'm 26 and if i want to get like a vaccine right now it'd be difficult uh, i don't think you would <laughs> i think if you got it now that'd probably be somebody probably shouldn't have given it to you <laughs> if i would be a frank especially in georgia um so it's just like like you said it's, it's levels to it uh because the access and then when they do like you know let it roller to CVS because I don't know I guess New York is more progressive than here because I haven't seen it to where like people are I think that plays into also this is another part of the conversation Mm -hmm. yes there's enough vaccines available but then what do you do in these states like Texas Mississippi Connecticut where the governors are not have them relaxed restrictions yeah so are they going to be as aggressive getting the vaccine out probably not because I haven't seen it where I could like I like I'm saying like I can't just go schedule an appointment or pull up like I I only know here elderly people who have had access to it and then even on the fact I know one of my like mentors or whatever he was saying he was trying to get like vaccinated and he didn't qualify under whatever something I wasn't really paying attention but point is he couldn't get it and he's older so to me it's like yeah you have like the the vaccine but what's the distribution and how's like how are you going to hold whomever accountable to ensuring that those people who want to get vaccinated can do such yeah i think that would probably be my biggest critique is that it does seem like i mean they're doing like two million vaccinations a day and they're rising so they clearly are doing what needs to be done i think it's just like I think it's three people who are all relatively informed i would say more than most i don't really know the structure of how people know when they're able to get it. Like, it just seems like 
you call your help you call your help provider and like i kind of i think it, it a lot of stuff just depends but i think the messaging is kind of unclear about who fits in what tier obviously they're working through like you know frontline workers and people who have public facing jobs which they need to do first that's most important but then i think in terms of like this will likely get fixed when people like us who are just kind of at home get it and then to Mackenzie's point which i think is a really big thing that i'm thinking about like how many people are not going to take it by choice then what like what's the what's the end strategy there because like if 20 million people who are out in society just consciously say i'm not going to take it then we're playing an even longer game that's i think a lot more difficult to and like then what happens i i don't know that's yeah. just something that i think of but yeah you're supposed to register online and then they'll email you when you're eligible but i mean i didn't know that yeah i mean i, I mean that. i think it works that's i think that's how people are being notified i'm not really sure but like I mean, that just sounds that we'll let you know when you can get it just sounds. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like how it was at first with just getting a COVID test. It was very confusing about like, who would you go to? Did you have to, would you have to pay? You know, it's kind yeah. of like, it's accessible, but not at the same time. Like I only know yeah. one place in this area where I can get one for free and pull up. Other than that, I don't yeah. know where else I can get one. And then yeah. even registering online, like you're, mm -hmm you're leaving out a lot of people who don't have, might not have access to Wi-Fi, might not have access to, you know, the equipment to register online. So then you're leaving out a lot of people for that. So it's just, uh, and that's I what I was, yeah, I was wondering why we were like discussing this. If people don't have healthcare, how are you getting this vaccine? Because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a deductible. I don't uh, think it would. I, I, I don't my think understanding so. is that don't you don't have so. to pay. That's that wouldn't you know, make yeah. sense. That wouldn't make I sense. I know that part. I know yeah. that part. That would be too. Like, that'd be I a, know a lot of people that have to Well, no, people had to pay for the COVID test. So I'm just like assuming that it would be the same thing. Cause, I mean, yeah, allegedly, you're not supposed to uh, pay you're not, for You're not supposed scene, to. Because then uh, I think I no one would get back. Because if I had to pay, it. even I'd be like, I'll wait a little while to see what the deal is. Look, industry yeah i mean well they already got their money um <laughs> that actually that actually phases into kind of the overall kind of food for thought topic is that uh it has been a year since we have kind of adjusted the podcast where henry and i have we were once uh, in hyattsville face to face in person and now we are all on zoom and mackenzie has joined us on full time because we <laughs> because we're on zoom so i think um what has been kind of, you know, how do you think your, what's your one big, biggest takeaway about kind of a year into COVID, kind of how we've adjusted both for better and for worse? I mean, you can take that any way you want, um, but obviously there's a lot to unpack there, but I think a year into COVID, what do you think has been the biggest kind of change that you've seen? I think it's just kind of shown, like, I, I don't want to say this like in a good way, but like just showing how one, how how our society is so dependent on certain things like it's it's it was crazy to me to see that like in a matter of like four weeks in a month like our entire structure of like um how we make money and like how our government works and the economy just was like crumbling in like four weeks it's just like we're not our, our system clearly is not stable enough to withstand at least two months, three months without it truly almost crumbling. Um, but then it also, I feel like our culture is 
is adjusting in a way where we aren't dependent on being in physical presence with each other to get to get things done and get things accomplished, which I mean, some people do like to go in the office, some people don't. Um, I personally don't mind working from home, but I do think even with us doing this podcast, I feel like we've restructured a lot of things that we just weren't able to do in person. Like Mm -hmm. it just eliminated, I feel like a lot of extraness that wasn't really necessary to being productive. So. No, I would agree. I would say that um, I think it's made us more efficient, but I think it's also in, in in certain aspects, but I also think it's told me a couple things one what actually matters where I think if you kind of strip away everything else and kind of like the fluff and back and forth like kind of like how I think with work like if I can do my job from anywhere why do I need to commute to it that's yeah that's a waste or um just kind of like when you can't do other things what really matters like your closest friends and your family like the things that and like trivial things that you would get hooked up on when we can actually go outside now just kind of seem like like nothing um and i guess the last thing i would kind of think about it also just kind of tells me that like if stuff really goes wrong there's only so much like our government can really do (laughs) um or want to do um which i think has been i already knew but i think it's been more eye-opening for me that um just how bad i think all of this last year was and how much better it could have been um and that it didn't need to be this way at all like there's no reason why we should be in the house still but that's because for nine months even probably even more we acted like this wasn't a thing or like our government acted like this wasn't a thing but that's for me i mean it's a mixed bag henry um it's it's a lot because so much happened in this past year from like when COVID started George Floyd or then Kobe Bryant and then so much it was like so much and then the government wasn't doing nothing and then capitalized and then like it's the election it was a lot but to the point you just said I think that was the biggest biggest like dang for me was one as much as I knew, like, the government ain't crap, it was so blatant. It's, like, blatant now. You know, it was just, like, well, they, they don't care. They, they're they not trying to help at all. Like, they'll give, they'll give us, they'll toss us a bone there once in a while, but that's it, you know? They, it's, like, fend for yourself. And that was just, like, shocking, especially when, like, it's so much that happened to McKinsey's point, the economy kind of crashed. Like so many people got displaced quickly, like quickly. Yeah. And it like rent wasn't paid, bills weren't paid. It's a if, joke. It, if it if it not even to cut you off, but like if this was really a year ago, March, I feel like major layoffs started April 1st. So I mean, that- think about it. Yeah, I was just thinking that like the airline industry for like a week. Every, it felt like every airline was going to shut down, like yeah. they were going to go bankrupt. And yeah. the government, of course, within like two days, bailed them out. Bailed them out. And that's yeah, like, I forgot out. about that. I forgot about that. I didn't yeah. forget about it because I was, I guess that's why I've been kind of like rolling my ass at this, my eyes at the stimulus check because when it with Wall Street, like when, like when the stock market crashed in what, 2008 or something like that, they are quick to bail corporations out all the time. And that's why I say, I think, I guess for me, it becomes so blatant because 
as an this is my first time as an adult experiencing any type of like economy crashing or whatever. And I heard like Obama may have gave stimulus checks or whatever. I don't know. I asked my mom and she was like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I don't mm-hmm. remember. No, yeah. sir. <laughs> no, right. sir. I don't know. I don't know. I was, I just heard, I, 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 I missed, I don't know. Might've missed her. I don't know. But point is, I was like, this is my first time as an adult experiencing some type of economy crashing. And the government didn't do anything for me as a like citizen. They gave me what a good eight, eight, nine, nineteen hundred dollars. So I'm like, okay, what was that going to? You know what I'm saying? That's my rent. <laughs> and maybe a bill, maybe some food. Um, yeah. So it's like that that just kind of stick out and was just like, dang, like. These they really like the government really not our you know, system is just it, it's clearly not capitalism. It doesn't benefit us. It's not they wouldn't see it as broken. That's why they continue to just like two heads of one snake bull crap. I mean, yeah, but also it's like, yeah, it still works out for them, but I it's still like dang, you can't stand four weeks. Four weeks, three 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 weekends. That's true. You can't like you can't withstand three weekends as a billion dollar corporation. That's fundamentally something is wrong with that. But that would tell you how like we got credit right as Americans. Most countries, other countries, don't be having this stuff. Yeah, we're already in debt. But I mean, right? That's what I'm saying. So like, (laughs) like our companies and the wealthy or whatever they operate off of debt. I mean, a lot of them do, but I think, I mean, I mean, I think. Them, I mean, look at Trump. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a different story. But I think, <laughs> I mean, I think and I'm just not thinking of it now. Like, I think, you know, I couldn't imagine if I was, you know, speaking from a point of privilege, I think that like, if I actually did lose my job or if I actually did work in an industry that was just gone like that, where, you know, people have good careers in hospitality and all of a sudden you don't have a job for months, maybe even a year. Yeah. And the lack of response, because like, you know, the stimulus is cool for us because we still are all employed people and, you know, we are able to make do because we have the ability to and we have families and stuff. But I think if you were just not in that position, what did you do for the last year? And oh, I think bro, I know people who that's a like, really dark place. <laughs> have to leave their house right now. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I think that's, that's the conversation that needs to happen. Oh, man, don't come pick it up. Like, it's been, I've heard a lot of like, I would say traumatic stories. Cause for me, I per, I thank God, you know, I'm gonna just leave it at that. But it's affected a lot of people very differently. And to your point, we we're like, okay, we're the STEMI, you know, whatever. But it's people that's like really struggling. Like, yeah, don't yeah. know where they're sleeping because you know what I'm saying? Whatever the house payment couldn't get, paid and the mortgage company not trying to hear it yeah. or yeah. whomever and it's it's really sad that like i guess these big corporations they see how they need to be built out but there's no policy or anything in place to protect or work with or whatever the you know what i'm saying the same people that are paying you to continue to thrive yeah, yeah. that's what you say now we're gonna move on to the big fact that has to do with Georgia and the state of voting. 
Mackenzie, can you read this as I mute myself? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so Monday, the Georgia House of Representatives approved a new bill that would place voter ID requirements on absentee ballots and limit week weekend voting, which was crucial in delivering the presidency and the Senate Democrats. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Um, I saw this actually, and um, I think it's major. I think this is one of the major things that I think we're going to see come out of the Trump presidency um, to yeah. make sure that whatever happened, well, whatever happened, we all know what happened in Georgia. Georgia was and like, it doesn't again, happen again. Yeah, yeah. Something like that does not happen again, where almost like, you know, a president is really threatening people, really calling up people, really trying to cheat. Not to say, I mean, we don't know what other presidents are doing behind the scenes or whatever, but it was just so bad. And I think that this is something that's coming out. Well, this is something that's going to come out of the um, Trump presidency. And I'm kind of like, I'm really trying to see how far they're going to take it because this really will change generations. Yeah, change generations of voting. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I am excited to see where this will go. Cause, and shout out to Stacey Abrams once again. I mean, yeah. I mean, clearly she has at least people in Georgia scared shitless, like literally, yeah. like I think they're doing everything they can to literally prevent her and Raphael Warnock, who are both running in 2022 from winning. And I think that, um, naturally, I mean, you know, Stacey Abrams is probably going to find a way that she always seems to like do kind of what needs to be done. But I think that like the fact that this is happening and like Congress can probably do some things and they haven't done them yet. I think to me, like that's the most crazy thing because Congress has yet to pass uh, the John Lewis Voting Rights Amendment Act, which would kind of reinstate key provisions of the Voting Rights Act that were taken down that basically now states can kind of just do whatever they want. Um, but Henry, as our Georgia, resident here has this been like a conversation like in the state because it seems like this would basically alter how y'all vote when y'all can vote how y'all can vote like everything like it seems like you would literally need to somehow provide photo i give some type of photo id if you absentee which i don't know how structurally that works <laughs> right um uh, again like i've seen stacy abrams calling it out as like them trying to suppress so much back to like jim crow and i agree this is voter suppression um and for me it is irritating as a person that lives in a confederate state and that's why i do think it's a big deal that it got flipped blue because as like as much as we try to leave that stuff in the past this is embedded in a lot of like the repercussions we're facing now. Um, so I definitely think I, or hope um, that one, they eventually get like John Lewis, that act passed because for me, that will kind of ease a little bit of tension I have about like, you know, like people be like red, not people, but we know congressmen stuff, they do all this redlining and like underground stuff that like us as black citizens are not like privy to all the time or pay attention to. Um, so when you kind of like get in a, like, let's say like this past election in November, it was a big like momentum. And <clears throat> depending on like, let's say next year, it, it's not a big momentum or not next year, whenever we vote again, um, 
it's like, okay, whatever. And it just goes under the rail and then they continue to like secure the, the judicial system and secure certain things to where they're able to write legislation and affect our daily lives. And I think that that'd be the major thing for me. Like they're working on making it harder. And us as black people, or not even black people, I don't know, the Democratic Party, whoever, we're not like always like, you know, paying attention to it, but they are. <laughs> Cause I specifically remember reading an article maybe like two years ago about like Eric Coder, um, like trying to, or attempting to make a lot of attention or noise about this issue. Um, so yeah, I, I'll be curious to see like how far this goes, what happens with it. Because it, it it's like, it's almost scary. Cause like, as much as we hate voting and says it, say it doesn't matter, it does <laughs> very much so. And yeah. they just try to make a And I think for me, like another thing I'm thinking of is like, I know this is happening in Georgia, but I think like one thing that I'm also really interested to see is like someone else needs to do the work too. Like, I think we naturally default to be like, oh yeah, well, Stacey Abrams is in Georgia and she's going to like make everything great. And it's like, she's doing that because literally none of y'all else will help her. Like like someone else needs to do the work too. And that's, you know, doesn't always have to fall on oftentimes a black woman. Like that can fall on insert rich white person X with a billion dollars who cares or even not a a million. What do you say? That's who's going to really get the ball moving for real. Yeah. I mean, like just, I don't, you even have to like, do the work, fund it, like That's get out it. the way and let somebody else do the work. But like all of this shouldn't fall on the black person to then advocate to why black people need their voting rights. That's just like not the way that should go. And I think that, you know, for like, of course, for Democrats, this should be a big thing, but like, this should be the thing that they're like stopping everything for. Like people should be in Congress. Like I'm not voting for this COVID bill unless this is tacked in on it because but like, that's the thing. Today. you just said something that in my mind alluded to this fact, like it's not their personal problem. Like look at Congress and look at how many black people are just, or others are just not getting into that space. Yeah, so this, I mean, well, that's, I think never that's a priority of Congress. So yeah, they're not- I mean, well, I think that's- that's the moment when you have to make it. And I think that's even me saying like the black members who are in there need to literally have a, I don't even know what the hell they need to do. All 50 of them need to get together and have a conference and literally say, we are halting this. We will not let it pass unless this is included and everything else will shake out. Like if you have the numbers and they do, you don't need to just play along just to get along. If you have power, you have to use it. And I think like, that's what this whole voting thing is for. That's why everyone cried about us voting to get Democrats to Senate and to get Biden in office. But then for you to tell me like, okay, oh, all these like procedural things are getting in my way. I don't care. I, I, I get something done. But for every other issue, you get something done. But when it's for me, it's, oh, this is getting in the way of me getting minimum wage. This is in the way of you getting COVID. This is in the way of getting like maternal mortality stuff done. Like just do. I think it can be that simple. Don't you think this goes into what we've, like been saying even to what we <clears throat> asked councilwoman henderson and like what we talked about on other podcasts this year of who's holding them accountable to the stuff that the actual people who support this party care about yeah i mean i think people i think it's i think it's like 
I think the work can always fall on someone to hold someone accountable. But I think it's like, just because you're not a hindrance to something doesn't mean you're a help. And I think that for a lot of like black and progressive and Latino members, just because you're not like actively trying to strip the Voting Rights Act doesn't mean you're actually enhancing it. And I think that's like staying neutral is not a good thing at that point. Like if you're not improving something, you're not helping. And I think that's the conversation that they need to have. And I think like, you know, <laughs> there's only so much work people can do, but I think as at the end of the day, it does fall on them to do something. And I think we can cry from the rooftops, but like the work is being done. They just need to like, just do something. But I digress. Uh, so now we are going to move on to the heads up portion. I think uh, it's not really a heads up, but just for awareness. Uh, Vernon Jordan, the civil rights leader, advisor to uh, former President Bill Clinton and the Urban League president, died earlier this week at the age of 85. Uh, some fun, interesting notes that I didn't know about him when I was kind of searching him up, uh, doing some research. He was the only black student in his law, in his uh, class at DePaul University in Indiana when he graduated in the 50s. And after attending Howard Law, he began fighting segregation in the South. The craziest thing that I found out was that he also survived an assassination attempt in 1980, which I have never heard ever. Someone literally shot him in the back when he was leaving a hotel. Um, I think that just speaks to the work that he was doing that someone literally tried to take him out. But that's something that he doesn't talk about. And I think that that's kind of something that kind of gets avoided that, um, you know, we try to make oftentimes black figures, men and women, kind of these like fun loving people who are like, oh, giddy. But I think it doesn't often say that the work that they were doing was hated by a lot of people and that they weren't always so loved. But RIP yeah. to him because that's, you know, he's lived multiple lives. So. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah, neither, uh, I didn't know yeah. he was on the uh, board of trustees at one point either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. I feel uh, like I've seen him. He's been at Howard was a lot. There? That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. I I'd like, he li yeah. I mean, he lived here. He was very involved. Like, he would show up randomly at, like, Chapel. Yeah. I was there. He's, like Henry said, he was on the board. So, like, he would come for, like, commencement and charter day. And what was the other thing yeah, we had? I definitely fall? see him. Um, so, yeah, he was definitely involved, especially at Howard. Um, I think the last thing that we want to highlight as a group uh, is our commitment to Women's History Month. Uh, throughout the month, we will be highlighting important women who don't often get the headlines or who don't often get the credit for the work they deserve, both not only past, but also present. It is about giving people their flowers when they are here. So that is our commitment through the month. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at WRGOPod and Instagram, same thing, to uh, see the highlights that we want to show about the amazing Black women who are around and of past. So that is our 68th episode. Mackenzie and Henry, thank you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, as I just mentioned, at WRGOPod. Be sure to subscribe and like on YouTube where you can watch this video in full. Also be sure to check out uh, and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Check out our website at What's Really Going On. Be sure to buy the shirts at What's Really Going On pod.com slash shop, and we will check it out. Uh, all right. See you guys.